So I have only one question, sir. How to identify the right thing to die for? Because when you talk about uh, purpose, life purpose, karma and all, for a youngster uh, like me, it's like bouncing. And I don't understand the purpose of life. I don't understand how to control my desires. So I want to understand how to find out the right way to die for now. So you, you love the body, which means one loves being alive, right? We know <clears throat> that things are valuable. We all value the body. We all value the fact that we are alive. And there are several other things that we value, right? And there is a hierarchy of values always. Hmm? <coughs> that determines that one thing can be sacrificed for the sake of other. In that in that hierarchy, in that stack, usually physical existence is at the top. Try seeing what comes close to that. That's what is worth dying for. Huh? I value this, which also means loving this or <coughs> which also means loving this or desiring this. I value this. I value this, I value this, 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 this. And when it comes to choosing between this and this, what do I do? I drop this. I drop this. Now, can there be something so lovable that you can choose to drop even your body for that? No, no need to come to quick conclusions. Just try to probe deeper into love. What is the most appealing, most beautiful thing I can find to love? Huh? And you don't need to ask, can I die for it? No, that will happen on its own, when it has to. Just, just keep uh, augmenting the quality of your love. Don't settle for something ordinary, mediocre, commonplace, traditional, petty, no. Love is the highest respect you can offer to anything. So figure out the highest and fall in love with it. That highest obviously need not necessarily be a person. It could be a person if it has to be or it could be anything, a cause, a mission. See what is valuable and exceed it because there is something more important than that. And, and keep rising, keep rising. It just happens that when you come upon the really lovable, then body and all do not remain too much of a concern. You say, fine, uh, uh, a little bit of compromise can be made to begin with. And then a day might come when you might say, even the ultimate sacrifice is all right. Hmm? <clears throat> See, your question comes from a place where we just randomly decide to pursue things. Why do you opt for a particular piece of garment? Because it is available in the market and because it is trending, right? You don't wear something 
that was in vogue uh, 10 years back. Correct? A particular course of study is hot these days. Too many people are opting for it. So one decides to go for it. There is no love in our choices. One comes to a certain age and society and religion and hormones decide that you need a physical partner. So you marry. Where is love in this? Having enrolled in a course of study, you graduate and you say, well, I need to uh, look after uh, my bread and butter. So I'll, I'll take up a job. Where is love in that? From the smallest thing, like, like, like choosing your footwear, to things like knowing what religion means, what it means to call someone your partner, what it means to spend 8 or 10 hours a day at a workplace. We don't base our decisions on love. And therefore, we do not know what it means to die for something. Are you getting it? Please see. It says that to love, you must have some sense of who you are. Otherwise, you'll have attractions and compulsions, but not love. Love is your highest tribute and also your best medicine. Hmm? Love is when you, when you bow down in front of something very immense and love is also when you, in a moment of helplessness, say, I need to be treated, I need some medicine. That's what love is. And love is both of these together at the same time. Your tribute and your treatment. <clears throat> but we just let lives drift. We are drifters, aren't we? All of us. Let's acknowledge that. How much of love has there been in, in, in our life? Hmm? You, you love a baby. That's because it's, the baby is coming from your body. Is that love? Is that love? No. It's a random occurrence. It's a random and predictable occurrence. Please think of what, hap what is happening. We don't need to think of alternatives. Is there love in the way we live? We talk of the mother-child relationship as one of love. What is that? So predictable. The, the lady will get pregnant and will give birth and will claim to be loving. No, how is that love? So predictable. Can love be predictable? Therefore, we do not know what to die for. Therefore, everything is just a compromise. A compromise in which the central desire 
is to somehow remain mentally and physically secure. So the topmost priority is given to physical security and mental continuation. Love is not accorded the respect, the place it deserves. I know I am not making sense and that's okay. Hmm? You hear sensible things all day. So it's alright to not to be too sensible for a couple of hours. So you said that love is a tribute and your medicine at the same time. Can you give an example? I'm, I'm finding it hard to imagine what you mean by that. Like a fat man fascinated by a mountain. So he climbs. That's a tribute and a treatment. Hmm? Yeah. So good evening. Uh, I was listening to you. I was also listening to the questions asked by the young girls or ladies. I'm working with uh, young adolescents since many years. And uh, I can see the change happening in the society. I also remember many times my childhood, like somewhere I felt or I experienced the, what you were talking, the lower pleasures in comparison with higher pleasures. And you were also giving them definition or maybe the ideal friend's definition. The person who will take you from lower to higher is your true friend. And uh, that FOMO social media, maybe we call them peer, we call it as peer pressure. So I just felt whatever you were make, like saying to her was making sense. We were, we are able to understand it because of our own experiences as maybe aged adults. So I feel when we look around ourselves, there's a lot of like motivation from extrinsic, incentric to eccentric is happening. Means like these children, they are more into lower level of pleasures these days. So you visit so many institutes, you interact, you face such kinds of questions from youngsters. So I really want to ask you like, if we want to work any means, we want to bring that awareness amongst youngsters on these lines. So when we have to tap them, means at what age, where we have to, means at home, in institutes or on social media, what we can do, because many times I personally feel helpless. It's a, it's a thing so important that you have to catch them wherever you can and as early as you can. So even, even eight years is not too early. Eight years of age. And the fellow would be in class uh, three probably at that age. That's not too early. And if he's on social media, catch him there. If it's, he's there on the playground, catch him there. Classroom, catch him there. Family, catch him there. TV, cinema, books, 
wherever he is there is no option but to catch him there right increasingly he is on the mobile phone catch him there right <clears throat> thank you so who will have very much impactful role parents teachers or people like us the social change enthusiasts whosoever has the burning desire to bring about a change so it could be a parent it could be anybody depends on the intensity of your love <clears throat> do they convince do they get convinced the miss because you must be tackling handling many questions from youngsters why else would i exist as i do yes okay thank you on most complicated topics hmm maya ishwara purpose of life atma when we publish a video we get views in lakhs and those videos are one and a half two hours long videos and we talk of attention deficit and most of the viewer base is very young very young and and they are watching these videos that are movie length videos hmm? so they they are human beings first and like any any human being ever born they have this urge to know it's just that you too should have the urge to deliver they'll receive they'll receive don't worry yes <clears throat> at physical level scientist says that uh, if you want to understand the mystery of life then you have to understand three words energy vibration and frequency but i am being the student of psychology my whole focus is on consciousness my thesis is that if you increase uh, consciousness by any technique for that matter say by technology then you can increase uh, consciousness and consciousness uh, but i think is energy so if you vibrate it uh, frequently then you increase the level of happiness Uh, and that level come when it will become divine energy then it will be uh, you will attain the permanent happiness but nowadays uh, some western psychologist and uh, even indian psychologist say that uh, uh, subconsciousness is atma and in gita it is said that uh, uh, gita is our identity and i think it is parallel to the consciousness if we just in increase our conscious level of consciousness and make it to uh, divine energy 
that's all, then we can increase happiness. My confusion is that uh, uh, since uh, Freud, the great psychologist, said that uh, consciousness is small, and then subconsciousness and unconsciousness. But uh, why psychologists, uh, some, some, I'm uh, not uh, talking all uh, psychologists, some psychologists say that uh, unconsciousness is uh, the Atma. How it can be? Atma uh, can be related to subconsciousness. Sir, to begin with, the quote that you said is not about life, it is about universe. It's a Nikola Tesla quote. She said, if you want to understand the universe, then you have to think in terms of energy, frequency, vibrations. It was never said that if you want to understand life, then you have to think of energy, frequency, vibrations. If you want to understand the material universe, then you have to talk of energy, frequency, etc. And that, all that is okay. There is no confusion there. Also, in, in your entire statement, there were too many terms that first of all require a clear definition. I'm not sure uh, we have come to a consensual definition of those terms, like divine energy. I don't really know what is meant by that. When you said one has to uh, expand consciousness, I do not know what is meant by expansion of consciousness up to the level of divine energy. So, unless a term is clearly defined, it cannot be taken up for uh, discussion. So, I'll be glad if you can present your thesis on these things. What is it that you mean by divine energy? Uh, because to me there is nothing called uh, divine energy. Energy is a physical quantity. and. Uh, <clears throat> So maybe we can take this up uh, separately and when I will be able to better understand what you mean by the terms that you just mentioned. Hmm? Hmm? I want, you mentioned a tragedy, if a life is cut short, so if I have a child who, uh, whom I lost early at a very young age or before the child was born, what message does it convey to me? There is no message in that, no message at all. See, life is purposeful only for the living one and the purpose is fulfillment. Otherwise, in an absolute sense, life is perfectly random and meaningless. People come randomly and people go randomly. It is quite likely that if let's say around 100 odd people are assembled here, Tomorrow we might find when it's gone. Now how do you explain that? Is there a logic to that? Is there some sense in that? No, nothing. Just randomness. No theory can explain that. There is no causation involved. It just happens. See how people are born randomly. And if we can understand we are born randomly, we'll also see that we all die more or less randomly. But for the living one, life indeed must be purposeful. Huh? Life is purposeless, but only when you look at life and toto in a cumulative way, then you say nothing. Thank you.